Hey, what's up? Random intro. Yeah, right? Not like the one you were probably expecting or something like that. Um, yeah, we didn't uh, actually record this week due to everyone being a bit too busy. So I um, decided to give you guys the second half of the introspective episode um, that we recorded. Uh, I can't even remember, to be honest, quite a while ago. But um, yeah, we decided to do like a, a more getting to know us kind of uh, episode that ended up being two halves. So yeah, thought if you can hear sniffing, that's my dog. It's not. I'm not getting excited about the idea of getting to know myself more, but. You know, maybe everyone should. Everyone should be the dog to their own self. Anyway, here we go. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll just. Yeah, we set out um, an objective of what, like five. We came up with a theme of yeah, like five things that we think of uh, ch- life checkpoints or whatever that have kind of molded us into kind of who we are. Yeah, the key moments in our key moments to get to know us a bit better. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to try going through them? Um, I can. Yeah, mine's. Should we do one for one? Yeah, sure. Mine, mine's come out a, a bit differently. Like right. I've gone through sort of five different things under fi- under like different categories almost. Yeah, yeah. Like res- as opposed to like five moments in my life, but yeah, five yeah. sort of things in my life. Yeah, sure. So the first one was. Um, uh, places and it was places <laughs> like the, the, the first kind of category thing that i oh, right, yeah. the, geographical the, locations have had somewhat to do with my existence yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and this is a really stupid one but I, it's 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 like i i do think it's had a profound effect on how i think about things yeah. and it's literally just like living in this house with the field out back and high fences and everything like that right it, it's it's made me like quite a quite a closed off person in okay. general. Like, um, in that you can kind of do everything that you want to do within yeah, this space. Yeah, yeah. And it's perfectly safe. And, there's, and there was when I was a kid, there was no need to go out and see people and see friends or anything like that because that was about stretching your legs and having like yeah. and having these big social experiences and everything like that. And I just for some reason like just wasn't bothered. Like instead, <laughs> like it's this is kind of like enforced a. Like enforced a need for privacy. Like when we were in, um, when I used to uh, go to Vicky's when she was in her old house, she lived on like an end terrace, and people used to walk through her back garden to get to theirs. <laughs> and I was always like, "That's fucking. Well, you need to tell them to stop." Yeah, yeah, that would that, be weird. That's that's really fucking weird. But that's that's how they access their garden. They take their bins through her garden to put them out by the mm-hmm. road because there's no other way to get round. I was just like, "That's fucking." weird i can't yeah. i can't deal with that like with people walking past the kitchen window just whenever they want <laughs> just, <laughs> just, just yeah just and, and, and it's 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 just a really surreal um just a, just a really surreal thing to me I, I, and yeah I, I i think a big the biggest part of I, i'm almost um well, it's, there's there's a lot of things that happen in your house and field. Like it's not just like an average house with a garden. I mean, there was a goose living in your garden. Yeah, yeah. So like, you, why should I go talk with my friends when I can go and talk with goat. this goose? Yeah, <laughs> I can speak yeah. to this goat. Chainsaw down the fucking burn the asbestos cabin. Let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, whereas like, yeah, you didn't need to go around other people's houses to play video games all the time. Yeah, it's like I've yeah. got shit. I've got asbestos to burn. I've got goose <laughs> to talk to. I've got a goat to walk. 
it's not a farm it's just a garden <laughs> i always i always find that like it's made me kind of adverse to to loneliness like i have a much higher threshold for being alone than a lot of people that i mm. know of people like getting stir crazy and be like oh, i need to get out i need to go and see people and do things and everything like that and i can i can be alone in my house in my own space and everything for like a week and just be like and not see a single person not talk to anyone or anything and mm. it doesn't affect me maybe maybe it affects me somewhat psychologically that other people would notice but it doesn't affect me in any way that i've i've ever noticed yeah i'd say it's more as like uh you, you I there's not a need to socialize yeah as much as it because loneliness obviously doesn't need to be with people or without people yeah you can, just, yeah. You can be lonely um, around the universe yeah like yeah. so like yeah but socially you can just be like i'm happy with my own company yeah i can enter i can entertain myself yeah, yeah. there's there's so many people who can't i know so many people yeah. who just literally like they're to the point where they're so accustomed to other people entertaining them they'll be like do you want to go to the cinema to see the film that i want to see mm. it's like well, well how about you see this other film now i want to see this film so can you take me there yeah like, well, <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> but what if we don't go can you do something i'll i'll have to go do something else like i have to find somebody else to take me somewhere else to go do this yeah and it's just like you can't just you, you can't entertain yourself I mean, I don't know whether it's just I'm a bit thick. It's just like my my mind is simple enough yeah. that I can kind of play a cartoon in my head that entertains me yeah. whilst doing nothing. Yeah, <laughs> and then yeah, just being able to kind of get on with things and yeah, enjoy nothingness. Yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, the, it's also the, the, I think the the negative side of it for me is that it's with with everybody I know, with pretty much everybody that I know it's given me almost like a threshold of how long I can deal with them for before <laughs> I have to be alone. Like yeah. almost like it's kind of like filling a quota. Whereas a lot of people have like, like, uh, like have a certain amount of time where they can be alone before they go crazy. I have a certain amount of time where that I can spend around people. And for each person that I know mm. that threshold is either bigger or smaller. Um, but I'm pretty sure, like everyone's got one, and at certain times, I just I need to just kind of like bow out and tap out and, and yeah. go and uh, just just be alone for a few hours or an afternoon. Or a yeah, day. it was just having that moment to kind of decontaminate, decontaminate, yeah. <laughs> de-stress or let off your baggage. Like uh, people go to the gym or people do yeah. whatever. I mean, like, I'm I think I'm a very sociable. Like a uni, I was really sociable. Whereas if, if I'd literally plan my day about doing things with loads of people, mm. and then if I was in my room, kind of. Doing doing nothing i would just walk around the hall's residence just talking to whoever was like had the door open but i would have to go to the gym and if i was going to the gym with somebody it would be okay but i would do much better if i was just doing it on my own because I, yeah. like, I just need to i need to focus on me for right now yeah and i'm more than accommodating so that we'll do something else afterwards or i can talk to you while i'm doing it but i'm going to focus on me right now yeah so yeah i think it's um yeah however social anti-social not not social or unsocial you have to be i guess yeah and yeah i think having a having because you've got you've got a sense of your own space in some regard mm. here like you, you obviously you feel like it's not your own space yeah but you have more space than the average i have a lot of freedom of. i would not like yeah. my and the I benefit mean, the of that is you're happy being free like yeah accustomed yeah. to that like yeah, Remotes, yeah, there isn't, like, a... Isolation without it being a negative. Yeah, I don't have a, like, oh, my God, I need to get out. It's suffocating kind of thing Yeah, being around here. Because I've always... My space has always been left alone. 
Yeah. Like I've always been in an environment where people are respectful and they'll knock on the door or they'll tell me if they need to go in my room for something or mm-hmm. into, like anything like that. Whereas I know a lot of kids and parents like uh, uh, kids have uh, friends have got like parents and siblings who are just like fucking in their shit all the time. Or just mm. like that would drive me insane. Yeah. That would absolutely drive people me in your garden would piss you off. Like, yeah. People <laughs> in bursting into acre. your room. <laughs> Get out of my acre. <laughs> I think uh, just to just to round that off, I think that, that there's, there's this cartoon that I remember from when I was a kid. I think it was a Warner Brothers cartoon, but I cannot quite recall, and I've never seen it since. But there was an instance where there was like a tortoise just walking along, and it pulled its head into its shell, and then the cartoon went into its shell, and the tortoise, the whole, the shell was almost like a little the apartment. House. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the tortoise was just like sitting around in his apartment in an armchair in a fireplace in his shell, and it was just like yeah. that is pretty that that makes so much sense to me yeah like i've just kind of like i've just been being able to go entirely internal and be 100 percent satisfied not be claustrophobic with that yeah yeah um yeah that's that that's it for that point yeah yeah Yeah. uh my first one was uh drama class at gcse like i think if i think about myself before i start i think it was like my probably my second or my third drama lesson in GCSE if I think of myself before then I was weird like not even even, I was I guess it'd be like pent up frustrated bottled things up irritable um somewhat somewhat aggressive somewhat more passive aggressive and smug I think is probably how I would kind of phrase it I didn't have an the way I described drama eventually was it became an outlet as in I remember I was talking we were doing a, a workshop piece about um talking to somebody in prison like through the plexiglass so like one person visiting and one person in prison and i can't remember what we were talking about but i remember that uh, i don't remember why i was doing it but i was doing i was acting more than saying stuff and i think i was like messing looking at my hands and looking uncomfortable mm. and the teacher kind of pointed it out and said i like what he was doing with that it shows that he was putting more into it than just talking about the words, essentially. Yeah. So being, receiving, and I never really received praise as a kid. Like, I was always, like, good at school-ish. I was yeah. above average, but I wasn't the best. Yeah. It was just like, nothing really interested me that much. I just kind of knew how to, like, spelling tests I'd always do really good in, but I wouldn't really study them. I'd just kind of make yeah. guesses. Yeah. And, like, so yeah. I, was all, I was relatively smart but didn't really get interested in much. And then once, uh, yeah, started doing drama and then started doing other things and then started to, the drama, the drama was the focal point and so it allowed me to kind of explore certain emotions and try out different things that why that I received praise for. So it was really nice yeah. to receive praise for. And uh, yeah, it, it the thing that it taught me was, I, I know very little about drama. Like I don't know much about directors or, playwrights or i know like the basic stuff but in terms of i like actors and films but drama wise and writer wise i don't know that much but the thing that it taught me was um how to um instant how to connect with something or how to express something using or how to use something as an outlet 
So that's why, like, if I want to, if I want to be angry, I'm able to be angry, and it's like it's not detrimental. It's like it's a release of something. So doing that with drama and music is what it eventually grew into. That's why, like, when I try and sing songs, it's not really like a happy-go-lucky song. It's usually like a, a comedy song, or it's like a song about pain that I'm using to <laughs> expel pain. Yeah, that's why it's like you kind of listen to. If I, if I play a song, it's usually a little bit like. You can sing okay, but, like, why is he screaming? <laughs> why is he do- doing this aspect of it? I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, I think socially as well, it was quite cool. It definitely opened me up to talking to people about different things mm. and then kind of, like, doing all that. It's just that moment where you kind of get... Just a, an outlet was created mm. as, as opposed to, like, being quite regimented and strict upbringing, just kind of, like told to have to be a certain way you have to do things a certain way this is how things happen and you're like oh yeah but you can also you know i think we did like drama plays about domestic abuse and all the like loads of different like somewhat controversial for a 16 year old yeah <clears throat> topics and uh yeah talk about them in like n- in in different ways and the whole purpose was to take one theme and turn it on its head so there was like a talking heads thing about pedophiles where it was like just by having a conversation with somebody you can figure you, you get an impression of who they are and then you get told something else by the way they're in prison for manslaughter or the predator for third degree murder or whatever so taking something and interpreting it in a different way and fucking using it as a way to connect with something is, is definitely something that's fucking benefit that there's definitely impacted me yeah in a certain way just by uh, even the littlest of things just being like that's the that's how i would accurately represent regret <laughs> <laughs> seeing in a film it's like that the way that he smiles is how i would smile if i was feeling that level of i don't know yeah equilibrium <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah went on to do it at uni but again didn't really learn that much about drama just did some plays yeah so it was that key moment of just using something to kind of vent or exp- yeah and it, it, it creative outlet it created an outlet that happened to be creative mm. whereas most people just bully people I was just like oh, I'll just, <laughs> I'll just uh, do a monologue I'll do a soliloquy <laughs> yeah. yeah that was my that was my number one oh. my first experience of it anyway yeah um, number two um, I think uh, people um, <laughs> there are some people there are people um, I think I was, I was trying to think of, of someone else, um, but it, he kind of illustrates my point enough. Um, would be uh, Kevin Smith, yeah, and it kind of links back to the to the first one in a sense. But um, it was the, this idea of being a self starter and kind of not 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 listening to people when they say you can't do something because you're not here or because you haven't got this or anything like that. I've been like, "Eh, if you want to do something, there's a, there's a way for you to do it. You just have to be creative about it. Yeah. The only difference, the the difference that I see with him and me, and this is why I tried to come up with a better example is that he assembles like a group of people to help him with it. And that's the part that I'm, that that I'm not too good at. Like I will just try and do everything myself, even if it's ill-advised or, um, or, or or if it's impossible in a way, like I would, I I've used things like that as an opportunity to teach myself to do new things, mm. and like not do them to an amazing degree, but still like have experience in doing them. That's like that's how I got into 
fucking audio recording and music and filming and everything. So it's just like, well, you can just learn to do things. Yeah. yeah but the, the the thing with filming is that you can't be in front of the camera and behind it. Like so, yeah. it's, it's 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 just trying to find a way to accomplish everything. But yeah, this idea this idea of being a self starter and doing everything yourself and not waiting for um for for people to give you permission to do things. And I think um that's it's something that bugs me when people. I see I, I see people on Facebook asking for help with certain things all the time and they're perfectly within their right to do so. It's just part of who they are mm. and people are more than happy to help them and like, that's great. But there is a part of me that just gets really pissed off with it because it's just, even if it's something simple or it's mm. just something little, it's like, you could just yeah, like, solve Does anyone know itself? how to use Photoshop? Yeah. It's just like, just watch a couple of YouTube videos and figure exactly. it out. It's yeah, like, that's, well, that's what I did. And I was yeah. like, when I was like 15, just like, and now I've done graphic design for a couple of different companies. Mm. And just like, I've got no qualifications in this mm. whatsoever. I should not be able to do this or allowed to do this, but I just didn't want anyone else to do shit for me. So I just mm. went out and started doing it. And so like, yeah, that that's, that that's, that's that's kind of a big chunk of yeah. kind of what makes me yeah Kevin Smith stuff self startering stuff yeah. well I don't know if you know and if you remember but because uh, I've noticed that about you as well and <coughs> you've commented on it before where yeah. if if you if you're doing something and somebody wants to do it with you but so that like, when you started doing the music stuff you yeah. started doing videos and then other people like a, vid- a song a week. And yeah. then your friends, not not even me, just <laughs> yeah. friends that you knew from uni started doing it. You're yeah. like, these fucking people. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing something, then they came along and did something similar far away from me. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even like they wanted to perform with you. It was no. just like, they're doing a song a week. I was doing a song a week. I mean, fuck, can't anyone leave me alone? It's like, they're not even messaging you. They're just doing something similar to you that you think is your world. <laughs> so, but the interesting one was um, when because I started um, t- before we started the podcast, I was talking ab- that I was thinking about doing a podcast. Yeah, and I think that you were thinking. You, I think we were. I was talking about because we were comparing it. I was talking about doing something, and it might be something like week. What you did like week by week, which you did. Yeah. When you were in uni, right? Yeah, yeah. So like years ago, you did like a ten minute thing, and it was like oh, I do like a weekly news ish kind of thing, creative thing. Yeah. And it got to a point where it was only a very brief window. <laughs> Sorry. I started talking about the origins of the podcast and books started flying off the shelf in this room. <laughs> fucking Ghostbusters 2 started happening inside the fucking room. I thought it was like a Teddy committing suicide. Fuck <laughs> this. <laughs> oh, fuck it. Origin story. There's been too many origin stories. <laughs> Fucking Paddington Bears out. I've got a space. I'm joining LinkedIn. Um, yeah, but um, there was only a very brief window. But I was, I was talking about starting a podcast and saying it would be good if we start if we. Did, I think we could do a podcast together. And then you were like thinking about doing a creative outlet. And there was this kind of feeling of if I don't like invite officially. Yeah. Then you'll either not do anything, or yeah. you'll do something in parallel, and then we'll just be two friends <laughs> doing isolated projects. Yeah. yeah. So it was just like, I don't. It's not that I was averse. To, I think I was just trying to see if you wanted to do something creative. Yeah. And I think you did, but there's that aversion of doing anything with anybody. 
Yes. <laughs> you're yeah. just like, yeah. well, I don't steal my own. It's like, <laughs> you can, you're more than welcome to, but it would be easier and maybe more. I think the thing about, I think I phrased it as, if we do the podcast together, we'll be more committed to continuing it. Yeah. As in like, because then it would be like. Well, I, I've tried doing podcasts alone before as well, and it's a completely different beast. Yeah. Like, if you don't have a conversation or like something to talk about. Yeah. Things don't come out of thin air when you're sitting there on your own. Like yeah. a lot of the time. It's something that I think I'm thinking about playing around with a little bit. Um, just in terms of trying to create stuff on your own completely. Yeah. Like um, there's a c- comedy writing exercise, which is called the angry rant, which I'm surprisingly good at, <laughs> which is basically you get, you take something that you want to talk about and you go at it with full, as much anger as you possibly can. And you try and rant about it for as long as you can. And the I, the thinking behind it is there's so much energy that you'll run out of things to say consciously after mm. a minute or two. Yeah. And you'll, you'll be like, I need to keep going. So you'll just, stuff will come out. Yeah. And that, well, that is like, you're just, your brain's just, I need to grab something. So it grabs something from your subconscious and throws it out there. And it, and it does work, right? Yeah. Every time I've done it, I've lost my voice. So I try not, because I get pretty fucking angry. <laughs> so I try not to do it as often as I can. But that's the thing of extended conversations is eventually, if you take a topic to talk about it and you've run out of things to say, it's sometimes good to carry on trying to grab things and get those epiphanies and kind yeah. of things. So I think that, um, yeah, trying to do some kind of solo 10-minute monologue a week or something of just trying to rant and rave about something and see mm. if anything new comes out. And I was going to do it for a writing practice, but a friend suggested that, you know, that could be quite interesting to watch every week. You know, yeah. sometimes it will work, sometimes it won't work. Yeah. But there's this weird prestige, isn't there? There's this weird kind of feeling of you're going to put something out there and it's got to be perfect. Yes, yeah. There's that weird, and it, I don't know what it is, it's that same thing of like, if I'm going to sit down and write five minutes of stand up, it's got to be my masterpiece first time. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. no, it doesn't. Well, it the same with doesn't songwriting. have to be with that. Yeah. It's like, yeah. It's just like, if you just, if you just put videos out there, the reason is because like you watch so many, I've seen so many videos or so many performances where I've been like, that's not good enough for you to declare as finished. And then you go like, well, maybe if it's declared as a work, and if, and if it was declared as a work in progress or it was declared as a workshop, it was declared as whatever, I'd be like, fair enough. But people take these like small ideas and say, that's me, I'm finished. Mm. So maybe just by putting it out there as like, this is just a working exercise to try and get writing. And then I'll add it. It's finding the context for it. And then being like, right, I'll try and analyze it and be like, I got this idea here. Because that that's, the, that's the best thing I think about. That's not the best thing, but I think that's the most, that's the thing that's stuck in my mind the most about Kevin Smith is the, the fact that the whole premise for Tusk mm. came during, in the middle of a conversation yeah. on a podcast. Yeah. And yeah, then they kind of like talked about the whole process of filming it on the podcast and bringing up little nitbits of like, mm. oh, this we've I've, I've pretty much finished the third act now and whatever. Yeah. And whatever. So <clears throat> I think, yeah, playing around with like trying to have a, because Bill Burr, everyone, every podcaster I've known or listened to on a regular basis always been like, they couldn't do it solo. Yeah. Because it is, like you say, a fucking different beast. But Bill Burr can do it and he does it. He does it well. And like Frankie Boyle did a podcast with Glenn Wall 
um, that was really good. And the most interesting thing about that is getting to like seeing the side of Frankie Boyle that is just sat in a pub talking. Yeah, very different to the persona. Yeah, and that's the same as Bill Burr. He's like he's very different on the podcast yeah. because he's just more. You know, he's trying to be himself, talking to you as if you're in a bar or something. Yeah. You also get that full scale of development, which I've found with Burr's podcast, which is you'll hear something and then months later, you'll see a much more developed version of that thing, like yeah. on a live show. So it's like, it is it is just seeing him working and hearing him working and, and like figuring out how he, how he gets yeah. from here, from A to B. Yeah, which is incredibly interesting. I mean, yeah. if, if if I could look, if Bill Burr released a montage of like, this was my year recording 10 minutes a week on yeah. an idea, or this is just an idea of that I've developed over the course of a year, every week I looked at it for 10 minutes and did a re, redraft of it, and this, yeah. this is how it went, I'd, I'd, I'd love to see it. So I think trying to live casting idea and a growth of an idea or the pro, mm. or live casting a, pro, a process could also be interesting so trying to do that over the course of a year or something could be quite doing that like 10 minutes a week or something yeah. like that could be quite interesting to look into but yeah self not self-made man but because Arnold Schwarzenegger did a big speech about that and <laughs> so he basically said he's not a self-made man he was self-started yeah. but without the help he had so much help from friends and family yeah. and every great person does yeah. so like say kevin smith got a lot of help from he made ensembles of people yeah but he decided to say fuck what everyone else says i'm going to go do this yeah just like that woman who became a professional mermaid in a couple of podcasts ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah but yeah that was your number two yeah my number two was um uh, a childhood friend i had which was um well, I, I think I've talked about it before, but I don't understand um, how or why they were friends with me. Yeah. It was just kind of like someone that I met through work when I was 16 who just took me under their wing and just introduced me to like a whole other world. And that world was was like metal music. It was yeah. just a, yeah, really good. Uh, it was just a really close friend of mine. And it was like, I was like this 16 year old kid who liked heavy metal and films and she was this, I think, a year older than me. And she yeah. was like a pole dancing heavy metal chick and just used to take me to clubs and take me out to show me music, give me CDs, show me films. And it was it was a totally, uh, it was a complete friendship. But there was, I mean, I was a 16-year-old guy with like a this beautiful girl near me. I was like, I was a bit giddy and whatever. But it was it was always a complete friendship. And it was just like this... I, it doesn't make any rational sense to me. It was just without that person, I would not have been introduced to so much more music or a new way to experience music. The way that I experience music now is similar to the way that she used to experience music then, just really primal and really um, intense. Mm. And just, again, that kind of, that other creative outlet that kind of got created of you've got that with drama, so you can kind of get it, let it out there, but you can also let it out through this music. And then getting introduced to loads of other different types of music. And I think certain people who you cross paths with um, can have such a huge effect or such a minimal effect on your life. Like there's so many people I know who just kind of, um, I've known them, talked to them, or considered been really close to them. And then just kind of been like, well, oh, just, I haven't seen them again. And when I think about it, nothing really happened there. It was just kind yeah. of like geographical friendship or whatever and but some people really do have an impact on your life and i think that 
the best thing that you can do is to try and reciprocate that for other people. So trying to have that definitely made changed my view on friendships in, in a lot of ways and my view on music and my view on life. This was back when I was a, you know, a complete hippie. Like, so we have complete hippies about the world you need to love and blah, 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 and all this kind of stuff. But yeah, trying to, that sense of community and that sense of openness and yeah. comfort and yeah, just spirituality on some level, but that creative outlet and that create and that openness of love, I think uh, was definitely very much present in there. And if I hadn't have encountered that person, I think that I wouldn't, I wouldn't be the same person I am today and I wouldn't perceive other things like that so chance encounters and chance friends um that yeah you just don't realize at the time just kind of something yeah. happens you go oh i think differently about that now yeah 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 <laughs> it's a chance friendships of youth mm. yeah um hmm. all right um my number three was trying to pick something from culture and it was like well there's this, this films and there's certain bands and everything like that, but um, at the root of pretty much everything I've I got into when I was younger, everything that I can think of came back to pro wrestling. Which is <laughs> like, which it's I I and I, I think when I was thirteen, it was like it, it was a big deal. Like all of everyone I knew in high school was into it, mm-hmm. and then slowly everybody just slipped out of it and I was yeah, the like only pogs. one yeah <laughs> and, uh, and I was the only one left I was like well I, I like it here so I'm going to stay yeah um, but like yeah everything it's um, I think that's that's what introduced me to performance to like drama and and, and everything like that that's where the, the, the first people I fucking worshipped were wrestlers like you have musicians and all of that but like people like that you look up to and you're like what would this guy do in this situation well he'd probably smash his face in it's like oh yeah <laughs> maybe, maybe i can uh, adapt that to a midsummer night's dream yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. shakespearean wrestling <laughs> it's just kind of all manner of performance all rolled into one and i went further with it i was like it's kind of introduced me to everything i didn't really get fully into rock music until i was watching wrestling because mm. they they both kind of go hand in hand like it's all perfect and then the kind of movies that you go on and, and watch from those from those things is like there's a huge genre of like action films and all this shit that i got into it was that, that was just through yeah through, just just through pro wrestling and it was and and it's also i think um one of the things that's made me uh, want to kind of, or have a more of an open willingness to kind of explain myself to people with with with, with things that you do and 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 uh, and whatnot, because the instant reaction to when you sit, when you talk about pro wrestling is for someone to go, oh, it's fake, isn't it? And <laughs> and it's having the it, it's it's having the um, kind of the insight to to. Firstly, not get pissed off with them when mm. they say it. Cause it's like oh, it is, but it isn't. You're kind of missing the point. Yeah, yeah, like this is a this is a thing that I enjoy, and it's like, well, your soap operas are fake, but you don't yeah. seem to care. Like, well, same as like telling people you like Slipknot, and like, oh, it's just screaming. Yeah, it's like okay, if that's yeah. what you think, but it's yeah, something exactly. different to me. And it's... so that that side of it, that side <laughs> of kind of explaining my obsession with it to the to to the world and to everybody else, kind of taught me a great deal of patience with people because it's really easy to, to to look at things that you don't fully understand and and just be happy 
with your own some with your own like bullshit knowledge that it's a load of crap and that it's and and that it's it's not worth your time when actually there's something more to it like it kind mm. of taught me that there's there's more to a lot of things that I don't understand and it it made me more accepting of other people's of of, of other people's habits and hobbies and mm. everything else that I would traditionally consider weird or geeky or anything it's 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 one of the big reasons I got into like role playing and and, mm. and that I was more comfortable with LARPing than a lot of other people would have been and stuff because there's this massive counterculture with pro wrestling that is essentially pro wrestling fans have learned to live a life of shame because because <laughs> you're all looked down upon in some way that you that you that you buy into this fantasy world and that's a big part of it as well is that I have a much easier time suspending disbelief than anybody yeah, else yeah. I know like I'll I, I'll get sucked into a movie or a story or a song or anything emotionally on every possible level of myself knowing that the whole thing is a construct but I'll get sucked into it really hard and the same with relationships and, and everything like that and I pull that all back to being 13 and being told look these guys aren't really fighting they're, they're actually friends mm. and this is all kind of orchestrated <laughs> oh they're friends <laughs> this is all kind of orchestrated in a, in a big way it was like that's kind of even more fascinating. Yeah, you'd learn to consciously extend your imagination. Yeah. Like, in that, like, you'd be like, okay, I accept that, but I'm looking at what they're doing. Yeah. And they're trying to create this, so I'll, I'll go with them with that. Yeah. And you've able to extend that to other stuff as well. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah. 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 Definitely part of being a part of a, a smaller culture, and especially a culture that is uh, seen as somewhat negative by the majority culture. Yeah. 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 Definitely changes the way a lot of people think. I mean, you can, and I think the more minority culture you start to belong to, I think the more you get that kind of like. I think you can you can compare it to being a metalhead, like yeah, definitely in in, in a lot of respects. Like for outside of that world, it looks really fucking odd. Yeah, yeah. like if you if, well, if you just you try and no explain a wall of death. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> what do you do? Well, how do you dance? <laughs> well, me and two hundred of my friends run head first into each other. <laughs> Oh, okay. What's that called? It's called the Wall of Death. <laughs> Why? Because we're two walls and we'll probably die. Yeah. Oh, okay. Fair enough. And this is the guy that orchestrates it. <laughs> what gives him the, the What gives him the authority to orchestrate it? He just started. Well, he's the singer. <laughs> he is at the highest elevated point <laughs> and in the centre. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Then, yeah, I think... Once you start, well, once you start to embrace more of who you are, regardless of what society or what other people say, yeah, it definitely gives you a much clearer insight into other things. I mean, I I definitely don't count myself as normal. I think I've been a weird person my entire existence. But I look at normal people. I I don't understand how anybody would want to be normal. Yeah, I don't get. I don't. Normality to me is so bland. It's just like that. By definition, if the majority of, if the average person is what you're aspiring to be, mm. good luck. I guess yeah. like have fun being the average person. Why not be exceptional or different? Well, well, then I won't get an average partner and I won't have an average life. Like, okay, if you want, that's what you would like. Then please go ahead. Download Downton Abbey. Yeah. You know, fucking yeah. <laughs> Put a pot roast in, <laughs> have a bubble bath, and fucking go to bed. I don't know. <laughs> There's probably someone out there. So that sounds like a really good night. <laughs> While they're skinning alive some cheerleader. That they f- <laughs> I'm not normal, but that sounds pretty nice. 
Um, my third one was uh, it was that was that your third one? Yeah, circling. Yeah. Are we good for time? By the way, we're kind of doubling down on podcasts. So I don't know uh, whether we've got. It's been an hour and forty, but it is still recording. Right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's run out of space. We've or got forty six hours. Okay, we might be able to do it then. <laughs> yeah, like the third one, which um, I think is fine. Breaking up with people. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's definitely effective because it takes a lot to tell someone to fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> and like this, out of your life. Yeah. yeah like um, both with uh, girlfriends and friends. I've broken up with friends before. Yeah. And it's just, I think it's, it's so healthy to be that in control. Yeah. I mean, it's resulted in me going through some troubling times but it's good that I went through those things. I mean, yeah. like relationships wise, um, I've broken up with people because of a number of reasons. The largest regular one kind of being, I'm tired of being too good for you. Mm. you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I fall into, I, I like helping people. So like, if I see that somebody is looking for something in somebody, I'll encompass that personality mm. to help that person through whatever they're going through to try and get them to be complete. And then you realize after a while that they're not really looking, they're, they're looking for somebody to do that permanently. Mm. You know, they're not looking for a solution. They're looking for a fix. When I say a fix, I mean like a heroin fix. Yeah. Like some, like people who are addicted to drama. Mm. I know people who were like that and I could create drama for them, but it was like, I just, no, because there's no end to this. You're just yeah. going to constantly want that kind of drama. So just, yeah. no. But, um, so yeah, I'd find myself in, in relationships and then after a while, I'd just kind of be like this, this, by me being too generous with my soul or just like, <laughs> you know, being too open and being too supportive has resulted in you being completely dependent and it is no longer a two-way street in a relationship. So by breaking up with them, I was putting my, I was taking, I was changing my energy to be from supporting somebody else and helping somebody else. And that's my main focus to be like, actually, I need to focus on me. Yeah. I need to, I need not even like full focus. So it's just like, I've been in a relationship with somebody and uh, I'm trying to think of something that isn't too graphic. Um, cause there's loads that happens in every example, but say like, uh, a birthday present, I'd get them a handmade beautiful, like thought through gift for their birthday. They'd get me like a box of chocolates and I'd be like, well, thanks. Yeah. Like there's no, that I put so much more into this relationship example than you have. So now I'm like, actually I'm giving you this to try and help you be a better person so that you can then help me and we can help each other become good people. Yeah. As opposed to just, I'm trying to bring you up to my level and maintain you at my level. It's like, <laughs> no, we're meant to boost each other yeah. to be the best that we can. So that was like the kind of relationship thing. Apart from one, which was, I woke up one day and re realized this person's poison. Yeah. Like I was like, I, the, the genuine realization was like, if we had kids, I would be ashamed to have her DNA in my pool. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was the thing. I was like, I should probably break up with them. Yeah. <laughs> like, I want none of this person's genes in my bloodline. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't want it. Because that because they were just fucking psychopathic and poisonous. I broke up with them around Christmas as well. I was like, Ed, yeah. I had that dream. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> you know, your genetics. It's not, um, it's not you. It's your genetics. Yeah. And your whole self. <laughs> <laughs> Leave me alone. But the interesting one for me was breaking up with friends. I think... Um, 
I realised that the because I'm a really sociable person when I was a kid. Like I, I made friends with as many people as possible just because I like spending time with people and, and doing that. But there came a point um, after uni, like in my twenties, when I was like going through um, some more serious stuff, and I try and lean on some friends, and it would be it would be reminiscent of me in relationships with partners it would be like i'm supporting you and i'm helping you through other things and i'm always making myself available to help you out with anything that you want but the moment that i try and lean on you you can't deal with it and you fight back or bite back or tell me to that we don't have that kind of friendship and whatever Mm. and it's like so when it suits you it's that kind of friendship and that I'm helping you giving up my time, you know, which is, which isn't a conscious decision. It's just a natural instinct to me. Just oh, let's, if, if I'm going to do something because like I'm sociable, that means that I like sociable people. So if I want, if I'm going to do something, I'll broadcast it. And anybody who wants to join, I'd be like, brilliant, let's go do this. Mm. So doing that with friends, it got to a point where I was just like, I'm not this is not being reciprocated in any way they want to live in the past they want they want this kind of life I want another kind of life yeah and breaking up with friends at that point I think many people it's not a classic thing to do I think most people don't do it they either lose distance with people and like the friendship fades but like then you get like oh let's have a reunion let's do all these kind of things it kind of gets rebuilt but yeah I broke up with like one friend and that results um dominoed into like a bunch of other people because it was like it was like a divorce well we yeah. get these friends you get these friends like, yeah. okay yeah. well that just says more about that group of friends yeah in their relationship to me so i think doing that was quite a um definitely put a fork in the road because it resulted in me having less friends which resulted yeah. in me yeah. being less sociable but it was not they were not good friends there was not a good friendship relationship it mm. was wouldn't i would not grow in that friendship group I would only try to be helping them to grow by getting them to do more things. And yeah. It's like, it's not an ego. It's not, I hope it's not an egotistical, arrogant kind of thing. I'm not saying that they were better for me being their friend, but I got to a point where I needed help and they wouldn't help me. So if I stayed friends with them, it would have just declined. Yeah. So it's like, no, I know the healthiest thing for me is to stop this. So I will stop and I will walk away. So, yeah, not egotistical, hopefully, but, yeah, just <laughs> having that, telling people to fuck off yeah. or standing up for yourself, standing up for yourself, because I do that in a load of other situations, Yeah, is standing up for what you believe in and just being like, I don't want to, I'm not happy with the way this relationship is, whether it's sexual, whether it's friendship, whether it's family or whatever, just like, this is where I'm taking a stand and not trying to manipulate other people, not trying to change other people's way of it, just being like, I'm, I disagree with this, I'm going to stop. Yeah, and I'm just going to walk away. And yeah. I think other people try and change people and try and do that. It's like, no, just if you don't like it, just say no and leave. Yeah, yeah. I I think um, I think since my since since my first since my first big relationship ended, mm. which you were around for, mm. um, I kind of I implemented um, almost like a three strikes and you're out kind of rule with just everybody yeah. in my life because of the amount of shit that I've put yeah. up with in that relationship that it just got to a point where it was just like, you don't have to be around anyone that you don't want to be. Yeah. You don't have to put up with people's shit. You can just say no, fuck off and goodbye. And like, yeah. and, and that's fine. And I've, it, it's happened with people that, um, that I've only met a few times and it's happened with people I've been friends with for 10, 
10 years like the, 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 there is there is a breaking point and you have to say enough is enough um, and it took me it took me a really shitty relationship to get to mm. that point probably like yourself mm. um, and um, yeah and th- there's um, there's like there's like certain groups of people um, around here that myself and um, Vix have been involved with and when you actually go back to their environment that mm. you see and you see nothing has changed mm. and all of the same dramas exist within their circles and yeah. everything like that and it's like you you then have this outside perspective of being like well yeah this is why i stopped spending time with all of you people mm. because you're all so codependent and you all still have the same problems because none of you know what's good for you yeah, or they just get st- – it's the easiness of familiarity. It's yeah. just like they're just stuck in that cycle, but it's easy to remain in the cycle. It's difficult and ambitious to break the cycle. Yeah. And it's better for you to break the cycle, but some people just want familiarity over um, personal accomplishment. Yeah, yeah. Or personal exploration. Yeah. And, yeah, there's definitely a thing of managing how much shit you're going to take. Yeah. Because, yeah, there's – like sometimes friends lean and sometimes you have to support a bit more, but there has to be a, a knowledge of a balance of like these, this, this is how I'm going to structure it. Like, yeah. this is how this is going to work. This is how this is going to work. The same with the podcast. When we started out, I'm trying to relate it to the podcast as opposed to relating it to friends. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> related to the podcast is be like, well, you know, we balance out the editing process. We both contribute to the podcast. Yeah. If there was a point where one of us was doing the entirety of the work, the balance would kind of change yes. and they'd have to one of we'd, we'd say i'm not comfortable doing this because i'm not happy doing taking that amount of shit so let's talk about balancing it out yeah yeah so yeah other, whereas other people would just do it and get sullen or uh, bitter about it whatever yeah. it's like now once you know that you need to manage your own pain whether it's how much pain you're willing to take how much pain you're experiencing and just go like right no this is how i'm going to deal with it yeah you know kind of thing yeah. So yeah, break up with your friends, people. Yeah, yeah. It, it could be the best thing you ever did. It really could. Yeah. Well, yeah. There's, there's so many people who just fucking uh, um, don't. Con- there, there's so many people that you grew up with that you only grew up with because they're around, and there's this illusion that it's a two-way relationship, and it's just like sometimes it just isn't. Yeah. And sometimes that person doesn't need you around. Yeah. Sometimes you don't need that person around as much as they need you, mm. and it's your decision whether you carry it on because that can be a, a good thing for some people. Yeah. But if you're getting tired of it and you feel like you'd be better without it, don't be afraid to be alone. Yeah. I think fucking... it's a, lo- a lot of it, with, particularly with friends, it comes down to a thing of um, that I've found with a lot of really nice people that I know mm. um, is that they'll put up with shit from other people because they think it would be selfish of them not to. Mm. like almost like they didn't care but it's like and it blinds from the from the fact that this person's an asshole yeah yeah like it's it's not you're not being uncaring for for finally washing your hands of them and not giving a shit anymore like it's it there it needs to be a two-way street or it can't work you're not the fucking therapist yeah and i think it is a it's also a fact you were probably friends for some reason in the beginning yeah so if change happens then i think that that door can be opened again yeah. but if someone's in a certain place especially <clears throat> it's be like right now no yeah and it's but potentially in the future possibly but 
that's going to be an entirely different situation. So just, it's going to be an entirely for right now. Yeah. Like, yeah, this is off. Like the reasons that, and people hang on forever. Mm. Like particularly, I find it with high school friends all the time. Like, oh, we've known each other since since high school or whatever. And it's like, well, but w- w- what do you do? You still really have everything in common? Like, yeah. I don't hang out with anyone I knew from high school anymore. Well, you did. You, there's also the fact that you were a completely different person, yeah. and then you went through all of those things. Several sort of cycles. fade away, but you still cling on to each other in each other's life, even though there's nothing left. And it's like, well, just. Just, just, just let go. It's not the worst thing in the mm. world for you to both move on and have different lives. Well, there is a benefit in having someone who knew you in the past, yeah. and you can tell you stories and reminisce about that stuff. Yeah, but it shouldn't be the only reason That's that you're the kind thing. of you start, maintaining. With you people. start living that life. You, yeah. you just get stuck in that like vortex of fucking vanity and just, just self obsession. It's and it's really odd. Yeah. Well, let's. I've got a mate who uh, I was friends with throughout my twenties who. Um, when I, I don't see very often it's because we live far apart but like going and seeing him really like talk about other stuff talk about old times and that which is really good and seeing how we've both grown and stuff like mm. that is good but the reason we're friends is because we get along and we talk about the same stuff we've got the same interests it's not just because we happened to be friends at that time it's like no we've got shared interest we go and do things together yeah. yeah so yeah just don't have that be the main don't don't be friends with someone just because you're already friends just like, yeah. yeah stand up for what you believe and take care of yourself Mm. Take care of yourself. That was only number three. Fucking hell. Oh. Got two more left. <laughs> <laughs> We're at an hour and 53. <laughs> we can burn through it. We can carry on. <laughs> yeah, so what's your number four, I guess? Uh, yeah. Um, well, I, was, I, I isolated this to things. I was like, well, there's... there's <laughs> <of> things. <laughs> I mean, like, objects. Uh, yeah, places... Uh, people, culture, <laughs> uh, things, <laughs> but like phys- knickknacks, phys- physical objects. I was like, "Is there anything in my life that's really important to me?" I was initially, I was like, "Well, my guitar I've had for a long time, but really, mm. that hasn't done anything to shape who I am as a person." It was like, "Well, maybe like computers and shit, because everything I do is always on computers, and everything is like it's the way you. That's just the way that I work and interact with the world." It was like, "Well." But it hasn't changed me like as a person, or it's not really important mm. to me, or important to my personality. Like it hasn't shaped me in any way. And the the one constant that I that, that I then kind of realised I've always had is is any equipment or anything anything that allows me to document that isn't like writing on pen and paper, but having a recorder or a camera or something. Like I got tapes from when I was a kid of like me with my dad's dictaphone, just walking around and fucking talking to myself. <laughs> and like, and like some of it, like role playing and you'd, you'd like, you're on, you're making your own fucking radio show and like editing songs in it from the radio, like shoving mm. it in and recording bits and pieces. And then, and, and we're back and like doing yeah. <laughs> like all this, which is weird shit, like up to like in my, my teens when I like got a camera for the first time and I'm making stupid music videos and everything like that and it's like and the most important things I've found that I couldn't be without are things that allow me to 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 record and put and make something final because it it's I think it's almost at a and it almost isolates this idea where like nothing is important until you have it like physically done you can think about something for as long as you want but until you've actually done it, 
um, it, it doesn't mean anything. And, and, and that, I guess doing it for me means having evidence of it and, and recording it in some way. Yeah, or having the, the evidence of an idea. Yeah. Just like having something that was just an idea and it's manifested itself into yeah. this. Yeah, because yeah. there's been plenty of times in my life where I've been like, oh, I'm working on something. And really what I mean by that is just I'm, I've, I've sat and I've thought about it, but yeah. I haven't. Th- there's, there's no evidence of it in any way. There's no tangible evidence to say that I've done anything. Yeah. Um, and I guess I place a lot of importance on that evidence. Yeah, on having followed through and finished a finished product of an idea that started off as as nothing. Yeah. As yeah. an idea. Yeah. yeah. I, I've tried to have nostalgia and meaning in items. Yeah, like many times, mm. like been like, oh, this is when I graduated. This is like a gift yeah. from a partner or something. Oh, this will mean something, and I'll keep this in a box. Yeah, and it's like ah, nothing I've really seen that I've been like, you know, this inspires me to do something. Yeah, it's the thing. I haven't had a particular thing. It's more of like a genre of things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's stuff that I think stuff that's meaningful is stuff that I found funny from my past. Yeah. So we're talking about breakups. I think I found. A letter I wrote to my first girlfriend that was like <laughs> me telling her to stop being so selfish, and I, was like, <laughs> and I kept it. I was like, "You read it, and I want it back." Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm putting it in my scrapbook. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, stuff you create definitely has a lot more meaning as well, especially wanting to do creative stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, number four for me was um, my philosophy degree. I think had a big impact on me but i didn't really learn anything i just learned to think a little bit more about stuff yeah. like i think the first thing for me was like experiencing people who wanted to be politically active um about the iraq war um because well i went to uni after the you know we went to war with iraq mm. but people were protesting it and wanting to go to london protests and stuff like that and it just allowed me to challenge stuff the same way that drama made me challenge things by performing them, um, performing things in this, in a different way to what is classical. So like, yeah, mm-hmm. domestic violence being portrayed as a romantic comedy or what it, turning something on its head is just something that I've always found beneficial to mm. kind of challenge something. And yeah, philosophy just allowed me to do that. I did a, a course called The Meaning of Life, um, which was just run by this geezer. Yeah, he's just like big ponytail, big guy, big happy, you know, giant guy who's really helpful and friendly. Who would we would just have conversations yeah. in the in the room, like five of us and the and the, and the lecturer, where he would just present forward a, a topic to talk about, and then we would talk about it, and he would just kind of like throw in new bits of information. He'd be like, "Well, two people believe in a god, and then obviously it goes down. Well, there are some people who believe in many gods, and there are many people who believe in." even more gods and then those yeah. gods have gods and then so talking about the idea taking an idea and defining it as merely an idea and not a fact yeah just being like it's just some words like you're allowed to challenge anything like so just let's just talk about the most the whatever you think you're not allowed to talk about let's just talk about it yeah um yeah put a nice refreshing um idea in my head of at the end of the day we're just it's we're just talking words here yeah like there's like if you want it if somebody wants to argue with you about whether something is a scientific fact or not a scientific fact it's like okay i don't really let's just let's put this into a space where it is a scientific fact okay but let's also look into it if it's not in a scientific fact because they're both interesting conversations and stuff can come out of them that is wise or is interesting at least yeah so yeah 
def- didn't learn about any philosophers really couldn't name five of them for you but being in a space where i was encouraged and taught how to kind of question things and look into what people are actually saying and you know try and figure out what it is people want to talk about resulted in me kind of being uh, i think clear thinking where it's like i just you know i'm not you, you don't you shouldn't don't try and convince me that you're right or wrong let's just talk about what it is you think yeah i don't care if you're right or wrong i just don't care let's just talk about the thing that you want to talk about yeah do do you want to talk about your subject or do you want me to agree with you because i'm i'll agree with you just to shut you up i I agree (laughs) i disagree i don't care but what you're talking if you want to talk about something i'm interested in that so let's talk about that that's what that taught me so which led to me being less um defensive and less aggressive in com- what well, less defensive definitely probably mm. more aggressive because at that time i was like more people should think like this <laughs> and then i'm just like and i was like most people can't comprehend the ideas that i would like to put forward <laughs> <laughs> so just don't push them into doing it just be yeah. like okay just have those conversations with people who you can have those conversations with yeah, it's taken me a long time to stop being defensive about my ideas yeah. and my thoughts on the world like I, I am very much like or was for a very long time like more people should feel like this or, sh- or think like this and it's like uh, you, it, it's it, you're just one person and you're not necessarily right but it's really difficult to shake the idea that you're right because you're the only perspective that you have. It's weird. It's a definite social problem, though, that people are desperate for people to agree with them. Yeah. And if anybody doesn't agree with them... I mean, the, the Charlottesville protest, like, it's the whole thing that, that I find so strange, is people want people to agree that they should be beating up these protesters and, and doing yeah. all these things. And it's and it's purely because of the flag that they're waving. And it's like, yeah, we can talk about the flag and the connotations yeah. of the flag and the ideas that they're producing, but lots of people feel justified in motivating violence towards these yeah. people i f- i find it so weird that i have to that no, not have to but that i'm having these conversations with people where i'm trying to stop them justifying beating the shit out of people yeah and it's purely because they're saying it because they believe that the social consensus is that you should do you, the, the nazis deserve punishment yeah and it's like you can have that discussion but you need to under better understand what you think goes to what i was saying before i can't remember when about exploring what it is you actually mean and what you actually think about like actually work through and figure out because are you angry at the nazis of 2017 or are you more angry at the nazis of 1945 yeah like which 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 nazi are you really angry with what do you what what was that appropriated to yeah so people just want people to agree and that's the thing i don't like about the daily show stuff is they were all sick. There's like five different daily shows, right? Or something mm. like that. And they all said the same thing. And I get the impression that if there's five versions of a news show, they should say something different. They should have a different opinion. I yeah. mean, I like how Jim Jeffries did it. He did do it in a, in a better way. Mm. But yeah, the, the, the main theme of it was all the same across the board. And it was yeah. just like, you shouldn't be, yeah, you shouldn't condemn the people who, you know, try to fight the protesters. It's like, well, yeah. Just why are you encouraging violence? But people, want, and the only reason is because they thought people would agree with them, and they incite some kind of. Because they're not they're like the, but these shows aren't there to encourage ideas; they're there to enforce them. Mm. So, like, they're not they're, they're not trying to be um, oh, educational. The they're trying yeah, to be they're, 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 like, I, I, my, motivating. My dad said to me at some point, it's like he thinks that the most important thing that you could teach a kid now, like 
a, a young child is critical thinking. Yeah. In primary school or whatever, you should be teaching them to think critically about everything. Yeah. Because you're surrounded by people and articles and outlets and all of this stuff that's going to show you a single point of view and dress it up as though it's the only right thing. And you need to be able to see through it when it's bullshit and 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 come to your own conclusions. And most people, myself included, spent a lot of time getting swept up in all of this nonsense as yeah, opposed yeah. to being able to step back and separate yourself and, and, and try and see things from, from every angle. And I don't think enough people are being brought up in a situation where they're able to do that. Yeah, and then methods are becoming more and more sophisticated to sweep people up into a crate. Stuff like yeah. Justin Bieber, One Direction. It's like yeah. they don't like it for the music; they like it because of other reasons, and then they like it because of the crowd aspect of it. Like then their friends like them, so then they like them, and they're going to get taken. Yeah, taken by <laughs> Justin Bieber. <laughs> so, what's your fifth? Um, my fifth one is non-existent. Um, what well, I, a lot of part of me was due to non-existence. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's but it, it's. I think it's more interesting that it's non-existent. Like my fifth one, I came up with like events. Like, is there a particular thing that's happened in your life that mm. you were a part of that's kind of shaped who you are, or a memory, or anything? And I couldn't think of anything. Like there was, I couldn't think of anything in particular that's happened to me that has um, enforced an outlook or uh, or, or changed. Like, where well, like it, had a profound effect on yeah, it. where it marked a significant change. It all seems to have all flowed through and been the consequence and of of thoughts I was having before I entered those situations. Mm. Um, so, I, and there's there's a lot of people that have these or this moment changed my life or this thing, and, and I I couldn't think of anything. And I think that says more about the way that I experience and interact with the world than having that than this idea of. Oh, one one day this person said this to me, and suddenly everything clicked. Yeah, it's like I, I don't have those, I don't have those moments. I've, I've, I think maybe I do have those moments, but maybe I have them every couple of weeks about much smaller things, mm. as opposed to having these big life changing moments. Because um, I always had this, um, I, I had this kind of insecurity about writing and being an artist from my background because I was like well you're white middle class you've got no experience you've had a really good upbringing you've got good parents and good family life so where's all your creativity coming from everyone else that you're paying attention to seems to be tortured and seems to have all of these moments and stories and situations that that, that made them into a man or just or made them who they are or inspired their work or anything like that and you don't have that so where are you going to pull your ideas from and I, th- I think that's that, that's that says my my anytime i have an ability to pull an idea out of the fact that i haven't really drawn it from anywhere or any experience or doesn't feel like i have says more about myself than having a very storied life i think yeah like not having those big uh, uh scene changes yeah well oh and then he climbed a mountain and that's when he did this and it's yeah. like well yeah, but there's also that. Yeah, there's looking outward towards the grander things, and there's looking inwards towards the the smaller things. Yeah, and there is just as much meaning in both of those. So trying to figure out whether, you know, um, yeah, watching the 
two colossus and they bulls fight each other in mm. a far far away land is like so grand but watching a little old lady at a bus stop doing something intrinsically charming has also got as much meaning as you kind of want to apply to it so it yeah. doesn't have to be grandiose yeah yeah in order to be certain so yeah i think uh well the only event that comes to mind for me was um the first time i saw stone sour live like took me a while to get into it i went on my own was, i think i was in my first year of uni went on my own and uh in manchester and uh was yeah i, I knew the songs i kind of listened to them in the background but i was never really truly into them i was there because of slipknot and i was like oh it's a guy from slipknot i'd like to mm. see what they, what they look like um and then yeah when the band left stage and Corey taylor's came on um and started doing like solo songs and when he did wicked game and it just fucking mm. absolutely destroyed me it's fucking erupted in emotion and stuff like that and then yeah it really opened me up because i think that yeah. was um shortly after i broke up with a with, with one of my partners and i think uh yeah that allowed me to that just kind of unexpectedly smashed through me and told like was completely in tune with my emotions at the mm. time so being able to express that and connecting with somebody who's expressing that as well definitely was very euphoric i definitely went away from that being like fuck it music man because <laughs> it's yeah. a, a big thing but apart from that you know that unexpected euphoric moment apart from that there's been music exp like live gig experiences but mm. they're live gig experiences you know they can yeah. be really intense but yeah it's why i go there so yeah like i'll i'll have those like i mean i i i had that when i i went to see frank turner a few months ago and that kind of drove me back to getting into music mm. but like and it it made a lot of things kind of line up in my head at the time and kind of pulled certain interests closer to the forefront and made me realize like no there's a there's a way around this block you just need to kind of work through it but it's a difference between saying that helped me at the time and saying that changed my life exactly yeah like inspiration yeah. is inspiration but yeah. it doesn't have to be life altering inspiration yeah, yeah. Like, if you get hit by a car and you can no longer walk, you might not be a runner anymore. That <laughs> yeah. does change your life. Yeah. You're going to be a different person. But, yeah, but yeah no um, profound, life-changing, cinematic yeah. moment. Yeah, yeah, I guess that kind of makes sense. But yeah, so instead of looking at the grandiose, kind of uh, look at life itself. Mm. Real life, kind of day-to-day -day life. Um, I was quite similar on my number five. I wasn't quite sure. I put my dog... So I was like, ah, oh, I got a dog. <laughs> yeah. And my dog has changed my life, definitely, for the better. Yeah. Um, I definitely can't imagine life before my dog. I definitely would be a different person today if I didn't get my dog, like, mm. nine months ago. Yeah. Um, definitely benefiting my life. But, I don't know, I think, I feel like I was always destined to get a dog anyway. I think yeah. it was just, yeah. like, that's kind of who I am. I've yeah. had a dog before. Yeah. Definitely a good extension of myself. But I think it's the, I think the reiteration for me is I think mine's a bit of a reiteration really in it truly is just standing up for yourself and standing up for what you believe in. I mean, I've I've been I've always been fearless, not in like a brave way, just mm. in kind of a stupid way. Yeah, I've just never really been afraid of doing anything. So like I would always stand up to the bullies in school, and you know puff out my chest and whatever without fear of. Um, uh, violence and mm. I, there was occurrences of violence where I got into fights and yeah like I had a fight with I, can't, I think I meant yeah I talked about it in the podcast before but I got in an arranged fight with the biggest yeah. bully in school yeah. and yeah. I was sparring with him and he was <laughs> punching me in the face because <laughs> I'd done taekwondo and I was like pulling my punches and stuff because yeah. that's how I was used to fighting <laughs> um, 
But I'd just be punched in the face and I'd be like, yeah, whatever, I don't care. I'll go mm. home. And then the next day, I wouldn't be nervous around the guy. He would still try and intimidate me, but I'd just, just fearless, just like whatever. Yeah. And I think I think that's, it, it's not the right way to be in terms of fearlessness, but standing up for yourself is the important thing. I just found it a bit easier because I wasn't afraid. Yeah. But there are, are there are certain things in my life where I have definitely taken longer to stand up to. But after I've stood up to certain things and life, uh, like certain life events and certain people, once you've stood up to them, you, you can't imagine, you can't understand why you didn't stand up to them sooner. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing that I, that's the, that's the best thing about me. I think that I, that's the thing I take most pride in myself is just, if something's, if I think that something is wrong, I will act on it. Yeah. It's not a case of it's wrong. I hope something changes. Obviously like with that, unstable girl there was a good thing that could have been done there and it would maybe you could argue it was wrong for me to leave her out in the cold but it wasn't a real wrong it was just uh, that person needs help i mm. recognize that i'm not obli- i'm not obligated to right every wrong yeah but if there is a wrong that i that i i will enact on it if i see someone getting mugged i'll help yeah if, yeah. if i see someone you know in a bad place i'll help them out it's just yeah, standing and standing up against something that you disagree with, and having the confidence to do so is just, is so fucking integral to my way of thinking. Uh, and the only way that that's been achieved is through lots of pain, because <laughs> <laughs> the only way you can stand up to stop something from hurting you anymore is for it to hurt you in the first place. Yeah. So whether it's friendships being taxing on you and not being reciprocated, or um, overbearing family members or manipulative people or whatever my life has been somewhat uh, dramatic in places and I think that the best thing I did in all of those situations is take control of the situation and just be like stand and stand up for yourself and whether that's standing up to defend yourself and kind of pushing people away or if it's standing up and being like I'm out I don't yeah. I do not have to be here so I'm going to leave and this is why and maybe we'll talk like maybe we'll discuss this later. But right now, I'm leaving. Mm. Same in arguments. If you're having a heated argument with somebody and you feel like it's not going anywhere, people are so inclined to just continue ranting and arguing. And then that's when things get personal, and then that's when things get snipey, and you start insulting each other. You, instead, you just go like, "Let's just take a break. Let's just walk away for ten minutes and come back." Yeah, and then restart this conversation. Just having that bit standing up against that. This is starting to go into a different place now. Let's take control of the situation, walk away, and come back. Yeah. So yeah, standing up to people, I think, is really integral to my core belief system, and I think that yeah, it's definitely definitely shaped the way I think about stuff. That's why I'm standing up to white privilege and standing up to <laughs> fat shaming. And st- <laughs> I'm doing it because I'm morally impl- inclined or something. I don't yeah. Know. I'm not just stupid and want to rant at something. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you feel like you've uh, worked through my problems. <laughs> you feel like you've yeah, you've given yourself a ad- adequate explanation, an, an honest appraisal. Yeah, yeah an honest appraisal. Uh, there's a few, there's a few dents, a few dings. Yeah, uh, went to a few concerts. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to sell yourself on comparethemarket.com. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think that's a well-rounded view of myself. Like, I was trying to think of another one. I was trying to like a big part of like of, of who I am. It's um, it's it's based on like dark humor, but I yeah. could not, for the life of me, pinpoint where it came from, yeah. where it started. 
it's just finding that one thing that you you laughed at that you shouldn't laugh at. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, that's just... And so freeing as well. Yeah. It's so fucking beautiful that... It's, it's so amazing that you can laugh at everything. And you really can. Yeah. It's just... You may not feel like it all the time. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. you really can laugh at absolutely everything. Yeah. And yeah, finding something that you were... Uh, yeah, like watching something that's a bit too real for you, like a bit too... That's exactly what happened to me. Yeah. And finding laughter in it. And yeah. then laughing at that means that you're laughing at yourself. Stuff. And yeah, yeah it, kind of, it, just, it just kind of just works. I mean, yeah, I can't... Yeah, trying to think about it. I think Jim Jeffries started getting into when I was like 21. Before that, comedian uh, Bill Burr. Bill Burr was probably the biggest one for me. Yeah, because I remember watching it and not really and and feeling that kind of like Eesh. yeah, he's talking about stuff that I remember. Yeah, feels a little I, like weird. And then you rewatch it and you realize yeah. that all those preconceived notions are what's making you kind of defensive about it. Yeah, and then if you actually listen to what he's saying, then it kind of like makes sense. Yeah, I'd watched it. I'd, I'd, uh, what was it? was it? Why do I do this? Uh, yes. Yeah. I was, was, this, was it, it was a Comedy Central special, wasn't it? So it was really, it was a really weird edit. But um, mm. yeah, I, I watched it a few times. And I was and I, it was, I'd, I'd heard him before, like because I, I used to line wire loads of like Bob and Tom like radio stuff, mm-hmm. and he was like a regular guest on there. It's like an Opie and Anthony, but it's in yeah. it's in the south. Um, and so, like, I was like, oh, I like this This guy's funny. I'll go find his stand-up. And I found him, uh, I think, while I was at uni. And it was once we were living together, I was like, dude, yeah. you should watch this guy. He's really good. And I was like, oh, what do you think? And you're just like, oh, he's a bit racist. Yeah. Or it's, it's I had bit, some, that, had that feeling something. of, like... Something, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but then you give it a second watch. And you're like, no, completely wrong. It's all fucking yeah, amazing. Yeah. yeah, so just noticing that you've... Noticing that you you were kind of pre-programmed to react a certain way, yeah, and then watch it again. It's like, oh, that was just the pre-programming that was reacting that way. Let's yeah. listen to what he's saying. Yeah, but then before that, like Eddie Izzard was big for me, and Monty Python was really big. Yeah, and Monty Python, I think, is kind of dark. It's definitely got Monty, a lot. Yeah, might Monty be Monty Python's Python. Definitely dark. Yeah, bring out your dead. He's not dead yet. No, he's nearly dead. Yeah, like there's definitely darkness in yeah. there that's kind of joked about and surrealness. So I'd say Monty Python is definitely definitely a good introduction to dark comedy. Yeah. Um, I think about it before that, maybe, you know, Airplane. Um, Airplane was quite big for me. And Scary Movie. Scary Movie 1 hmm. uh, was really funny for me because, like, what it was... It's a, at the t- I haven't watched it again, but at the time it was really funny. Pure, and, and one of the best parts of it was it was, like, shot for shot the same as Psycho. Yeah. So, like, you would watch Psycho, which was, like, it's not right film... But then watching how they really mimicked the film and made loads of subtle references to the film. Yeah. And this was like before, at least for me, I was like 17, 16. I was like, no, I was like 16, 15, 16, 14, 15, 16. One of them. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> yeah, this was before like references to films and references mm. to other stuff kind of made. There's no like Star Wars references in films or anything. Yeah. Whereas this film was like directly mimicking and paralleling another film. So that was really good. That and yeah, and then before that, Ace Ventura, Jim Carrey. But yeah. Jim Carrey's kind of like classic wacky comedy. Yeah, it's not really. I, I'm wondering if it was Wayne's World too, if it was Dev's speech yeah. in the cafe about beating people to death. <laughs> like, so I remember seeing that when I was really young, and I always found that fucking hilarious. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and Bill and Ted. I mean, 
for me as well, Bill and Ted. There's loads of just 80s films that or yeah. 90s films that are quite dark. And I mean, Kindergarten Cop. <laughs> <laughs> Guy wants to abduct his son. Yeah. <laughs> there's lots of like dark stuff that's happening. But yeah, in terms of like comedy structure, I guess Monty Python was the earliest that I can think of. And then idiots are doing like cake or death. It's just like the surrealness of m- torturing people <laughs> being like, oh, it's also cake. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, evolving in, yeah, stuff like Wayne's World, Austin, but yeah, Wayne's World and stuff where alternative comedy is just yeah. fucking, fucking grows out. It's good. So yeah, there's lots of, uh, we've had lots of inspirations. Yeah. yeah. Lots of uh, stuff that's taken us to where we are. Mm. But uh, yeah, maybe it's a bit of insight to, why we've started taking well while well, i've started taking the piss out of domestic abuse victims and yeah <laughs> you've started laughing at them a bit. <laughs> yeah in the news in the news in the news <laughs> yeah. not in real life no it's only yeah. fucking media fake yeah. news, fake news. <laughs> <laughs> For more episodes the second they leave our disgusting workstations, head over to www.pullingteeth.audio and remember to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher or TuneIn, maybe all three. Ratings and comments would be nice as well. If you've got any questions or comments, find us on Twitter at PullingTeethPod. For anything more extensive or of a private or personal nature, or if you've got some kind of moral objection to social media, you can drop us an email at podcast at pullingteeth.audio. For more from me, head to stevemilligan.net and find us both on Twitter at singitsteve and at nicksnip. This has been Pulling Teeth. See you next week.